Hello, and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. There's a profound passage of Scripture in the book of Judges, chapter number nine, that I want you to go to. This is an incredible parable that gives us such uh, practical life application for the situations and scenarios that we go through daily. Uh, about 10 years ago, when I first read this, I just thought to myself, how has this been hiding in plain sight? I want to read it to you now. It is a parable uh, by a man named Jotham. There's a situation, uh, uh, an, imbrog- an imbroglio, if you will. Look it up. It's a great word. Um, uh, where after Gideon has had this incredible a valiant victory with his 300 men that never had to actually go into battle, uh, that there is, some, there is some discord amongst the family afterwards. Uh, one of his uh, children from uh, a different relationship, uh, Abimelech, uh, came through and murdered uh, 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 dozens of uh, Gideon's sons. And as a result of that, uh, this parable came from Jotham, and I believe it has some incredible uh, 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 revelation for us today. Here's what it says in, in Judges chapter number nine, starting from the seventh verse. Judges nine, starting from the seventh verse. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When Jotham heard about this, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted, listen to me, citizens of Shechem. Listen to me if you want God to listen to you. Once upon a time, isn't that great? (laughs) Like went straight into Disney story, (laughs) right? Once upon a time, the trees decided to choose a king. First, they said to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree refused, saying, should I quit producing the olive oil that blesses both God and people? just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the fig tree, you be our king. But the fig tree also refused saying, should I quit producing my sweet fruit just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the grapevine, you be our king. But the grapevine also refused saying, should I quit producing the wine that cheers both God and people? Amen, wine. just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then all the trees finally turned to the thorn bush and said, come, you be our king. And the thorn bush replied to the trees, if you truly want to make me your king, come and take shelter in my shade. If not, let fire come out from me and devour the cedars of Lebanon. It's a profound profound passage. If you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is four words with a comma in between uh, the four. It simply is, please God, not people. Please God, not people. I believe that we have an assignment to serve people, to help people, and love people. But if we're going to follow God's assignment for our life, that means that we might not always please people. 
but we will be pleasing God. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word before we get into it, because I'm about to get into you. (laughs) Holy Spirit, help us to please God. Amen. Amen. So excited. This 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 parable changed my life about 10 years ago. As I grew up, uh, because of the trauma I experienced as a child, uh, I became a people pleaser. It was very hard for me to say no to people. Uh, to my to my own uh, frustration and, and, and my own detriment, uh, uh, I, I I did not like conflict. I did not want people to not like me, and so I would put myself in situations that I later regretted because I didn't want to do it in the first place. But I couldn't access my no. I couldn't access the part of me that would allow me to have a healthy boundary where I could I, I could self differentiate to the point that that you can be there and I can be here. And what I say to you is not personal, but I mean it. <laughs> no. It was absent on me for a while when I finally got it. Oh, my goodness. I just overused it. <laughs> when I finally got free. And, and, and I finally understood that, that, that pleasing God was, was, was not going to always line up with pleasing people. Uh, my no, woo, I was saying it all the time. People were like, can I? Nope. And I, I didn't even know. <laughs> can I at least ask the question, sir, before the rejection comes? What's interesting to me is that when I, when I began to read the Bible, just in my devotion time and ran across this, this passage, I realized that that I was learning from this parable. The trees, of course, uh, is uh, represents people and 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 these uh, olive trees, these these fruit, these fig trees and these and these grapevines represented people as well. But but there was this boundary that was there that that allowed them to continue to do what they felt like they were created to do. And they were not going to give that up just for a title. Jotham says that the parable goes that these trees went and, and were looking for a king and they come to the olive tree and they said, would you please be our king? And, and the olive tree says, should I quit producing olives for a title? I mean, I mean the title sounds amazing. The, the, the box you want to put me in sounds awesome. Man, it will come with a raise or it might come with recognition or it might come with your affection or your love. But if it means that I have to stop being me. I'm talking to somebody. Olive tree says, I produce olives. You know, that stuff that goes in your salad. That stuff that Rachel uses on Food Network by the gallons. Extra virgin olive oil. Do you know it takes uh, between 5,000 and 8,000 crushed olives for one gallon of olive oil? Extra virgin olive oil. He says, this is too precious for me to give up because you want me to do something. What I produce is too precious for me to give it up or abdicate it simply because you want me to be your king. So they move on. I want you to notice something. They keep moving on until they find somebody that will do what they desire them to do. So it really wasn't about you. It's about what they wanted you to do. 
And if you're not going to do it, they move on to somebody else. They go to the fig tree. Fig tree. You're not used as much as the olives. You're just a fig. We find you in a Newton. We find you around Christmas in some figgy pudding. You don't really have the draw that olives do. I mean, you, you be our king. People don't desire you as much as they do the olive tree. So, so, so maybe you want to take this position that we're, we're offering. You'll be a king. And the fig tree goes, no. Do you want me to quit producing my figs just to act like I'm doing something for you? I love what the scripture says, just so I can wave back and forth before the trees. Now, here's what I love about the, the fig tree. The fig tree is self-aware enough to know that he's not as desirable as the grapevine or uh, the olives. So he doesn't say, should I quit producing my figs that cheer both God and man? The olive said it, the grapevine said it, but not the fig. The fig knows I'm not that good. <laughs> but I know I'm good enough not to accept a lesser role than what God made me to do. See, you gotta be, you gotta know who God has assigned you to be and what he's called you to do. He says, I'm not gonna give that up. And so they move on. And they get to the grapevine. Grapevine, come on, man. You be our king. And he says, and I love this, and I don't know where it fits in uh, your theological framework, but I'll find out when I get to heaven. He says, should I quit producing the wine that cheers both God and people? I was like, really, God? You turn up, God, a little bit? What? Should I quit producing the wine that cheers both God? God gets happy by me and people get happy by me. You want me to get that up just so I can do this? You do know there's a lot of people doing this? What are you? I am the Archbishop of. I'm the Senior VP Regional Sales Manager of. I am the chief potentate of. I am the chief apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. I am all five gifts of the ministry rolled up into one. I'm the bishop over all two churches. You look amazing. You're not doing nothing. But you look the part. Should I quit producing? Just to look like I'm doing something? See, because before you asked, I was doing something already. Now you want me to quit doing what I was created to do, to look like I'm doing something that I wasn't created for. 
I'm not giving that up. So I want to give you the three points to this message that I feel like the Lord gave me. Because I, I really do feel like if you get these, it will, it will help you create some healthy boundaries. I think there's some people in here that people pleasing has been a thing for you. That, that your no has not, has not been anchored in the truth. It hasn't been anchored in the word. It has not been anchored in the identity and the purposes, purposes and plans that God has set for you. And, and I'm just here to hopefully help you out a tad bit. Okay. Uh, point number one, please write this down. Never choose a title over a calling. <laughs> yes. Never choose a title over a calling. This is why here at Embassy City Church, I tell everybody, just call me Tim. Just call Juliet, Juliet. But you're a pastor. I am. I'm the lead pastor of this church. No, duh. <laughs> I speak more than anybody here. I think we know that. But, 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 but my, my title uh, simply describes my calling. I, I don't need to throw it in your face. It just is. This is what I do, but it's not who I am. You, 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 the title will never make you anything than what you already are. See, they tried to make them take a title that had nothing to do with their calling. Somebody tries to do that, whether it's an institution, whether it's your job, whether, I, I don't care what it is, you will, you will leave your grace if you move into a title that does not confirm your call. Let me tell you who did this. Jesus did it, and he did it brilliantly. In John chapter number six, he has just fed 5,000, and they are happy about it. They are like, this dude, this has been, we just ate, and we need to have no lunch money. We, we just ate good until we got full. We, we went back for seconds and thirds, and there was more than enough. This must be the Messiah that we've been waiting on. And they came to him, and they're like, we're, we're, we're ready for you to be our king. Here's what it says in John chapter number 6, starting at the 14th verse. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. <laughs> That's how God got out of that one. He was like, you want me to be your king your way? Bye. He just left. Because Jesus knew there's no way you can make me a king. There's only one way that I can be a king, and that's to fulfill my purpose, God's plan for my life. There's no shortcuts to that. And I know that you have been impressed by, by, by the miracles that have been done, uh, but, but now that I see what you're trying to make me, he slipped away and went into the hills by himself. It was almost like... Uh, uh, the, the, the people and, and, and their accolades uh, made him further go away as opposed to be drawn to it. See, some people uh, don't have their identity 
and their validity anchored in God. And so the compliments of people fill a hole because you have not healed in that area yet. And so you need more and more affirmation and validation by people because you're not secure in who God has made you to be or the thing God has called you to do. Okay. Case in point. Uh, many times after the service, people will come up and say, that message really blessed me. And I go, thank you. And, and my dad calls me every single weekend or he texts me every single weekend and says, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. <laughs> every week, every single week. This message right now is going to be the best sermon my daddy has ever heard until next week. And then he goes, son, I don't know how you did it, but you topped yourself. I get this affirmation from my father, but my, my, my heavenly father has already given me the affirmation. And that's what I rest in. I've heard pastors and preachers for years say, oh, man, I don't know if that was a good sermon and I'm kind of kicking myself. And, and, and I'm like, how are you? What? How, how are you? How is it a bad sermon? Well, I didn't, I didn't hit this point just right. I'm the, first of all, there's no perfect sermon. Like, like I'm, I'm just as flawed in, in my delivery as anybody else. But, but I judge a bad sermon by if I obeyed what God told me to say or not. Not if I didn't get that story out right the way I did. Get, get over yourself. You ain't that good. The Holy Spirit is saving people. He is not relying on you and your dumb point to expand his kingdom. Just obey what he told you to say and sit down. It's a wrap. So when people come up to me and say, man, that sermon just really blessed me. I just say thank you. That's all I say. And I, and I give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. I really appreciate what you've allowed us to do today. It's, 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 it's fine. But, but, but if people are like, oh, man, there's nobody that can preach. Like, like if you're not here, I'll never be here. I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. The moment you make this about me is the moment I distance myself from you. You will not make me your king. It's just not going to happen. I know some of you are like, man, when you're not here, it's not the same. That's fine. But I'm not going to be here all the time. You took a vacation, I'm going to take a vacation. You take a Sunday off because you feel like it. I don't even get to do that. I got to plan more for that. So when we have guest speakers, don't compare them to me. Let them produce their fruit. I'm going to help somebody today. I don't know who it is. And whether they're an olive tree, a fig tree, or a grapevine, just take the fruit, eat it, say amen. I will be back. But if you try to make me somebody I'm not, ooh, I'm in here today. Um, there, have been, there, have been, there are too many pastors and leaders that have been deified by their congregations. And only an insecure leader would allow you to make, to, to make them your king. You have to get back to the relationship that God wants you to have with him before you can have it with anybody else. I'm giving you examples from Jesus because Jesus was not having it. 
You're not going to make me your king. <laughs> I'm out. Only person that can make me a king is God, and he'll do it in his own timing. And last time I checked, the price tag on that was my whole body on a cross. So this lunch is not <laughs> going to cut it. I think it costs more than that. Point number two, please write this down. Never choose a title over production. Never choose a title over production. If me taking this title or assuming this role means that I no longer produce what God has called me to produce, I'm not taking it. <laughs> oh, all, all, all my points today come from Jesus because I just thought maybe the chief apostle should be our example on something like this. Luke chapter number 16, uh, I'm sorry, Luke chapter number four, verse number 16 says this. When he came to the village of uh, Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Now, Jesus going into the synagogue on this particular day uh, was not like how we come to church and I say, hey, open up your Bible to this particular passage. The way the scroll was rolled out uh, for, for the weekly reading, it was already on this passage on the day that Jesus got up to read it. So he did not turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 61. It was already the scripture reading for that day. And here's what it says. Uh, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. I just, I just want you to be in this moment with me. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Now, now, before we go to the next verse, I just want you to imagine he reads this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he goes back and, he didn't, and then he just sits down. And it's as awkward as this right now. They're all looking at him intently. What do you mean? What did, okay, you read that, and? And he's just looking. Then he says this. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. What? I just want you to imagine how arrogant this moment could look to those that were in the synagogue. You just read something about the coming Messiah, and sat down. You let this awkward pause take place between you and I. And then you're going to look at all of us and say, this scripture has just been fulfilled today. That could come across a little arrogant. Except for the fact that he walked out of that day and everything that you find him do over the three and a half years of his ministry can be categorized in one of those five things. He was not going to choose a title over his production. When he read that, he said, here's what I've come to do. Anything you see me doing to be one of these five things or a combination thereof. That's all I'm going to be doing. That's what God has called me to produce. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that, 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 well, I don't know if we want you to do that. 
I don't think you're the Messiah. Well, I'm gonna still have to be the Messiah. I don't want to know. I don't really know if I want to receive you in, uh, in this capacity. Well, I'm still, this is what I'm gonna be doing. So, anytime you find me, I'll be setting the captives free. I'll be I'll be opening up blind eyes. I, I, I'll be I'll be preaching the gospel to the poor. It, it, whatever you, whenever you find me, this is what I'm gonna be doing because this is who God created me to be. When, when you fall in love with what God has called you to do, you stop comparing yourself to other people. Comparison is born out of a dissatisfaction with what you're doing. This is why half of y'all need to get off social media. Because after you finish scrolling, you don't feel better. You're like, I didn't go on an Alaskan trip. Well, you can't. You don't have enough money to go on an Alaskan trip. That's just the bottom line. You just can't go. <laughs> you can go to the freezer section of your grocery store <laughs> with a little toy boat and imagine. <laughs> but that's about it. At the point that you feel dissatisfied with your own life, in comparison to someone's photo, The photo didn't show you that they had food poisoning for four days of the seven-day trip. And they couldn't enjoy it because they was on the pot for the whole time. Pot is toilet. I want, I want us to start being okay with, with who God made us. The, listen, oh man, I'm so... Okay, Th this, is, this is why I love this church being as diverse as it is. Because I love, see, I love seeing people walk in and just being themselves, right? Like, this is me. Like, this is going always some variation of this is me. Now, you see my parents on the front row. My daddy has on a suit. My mama got on lime green <laughs> with that beautiful church mother hat. That's going to be her for the rest of her life. Some of y'all is a T-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. You are my spirit person. That's how I would love to dress every single weekend. I just don't think I can be that casual. But I'm glad you are. Listen, I love the diversity in here. I want you to be you. You are you. And I want you to produce the fruit that God has called you to produce. There's a gifting and a calling on each and every, uh, on the inside of each and every one of you. And I want you to find out what it is and be happy with it. God, I don't feel like I'm about to burst out of my skin. And I want you to see other people do great things and just go, yay, you. I will never be able to do that. I'm just so glad you can and I'm this close. Stephen Rucker came out and, 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 and started singing and started like down here and then, ah, and then went up way up there. And I am like, gosh, I'll never be able to do that. In my mind, I can. I hear myself in my head. But the way my vocal cords are set up, every time I try it, it don't come out the same way. So I just, amen, Stephen. Yeah, you. I'm not like, oh, man, if I had a voice like that, gosh, I need to take singing lessons. You'll never be Stephen Rucker. You just won't be flat. <laughs> produce what God has called you to produce. Point number three, please write this down. Never choose a title over results. <laughs> Never 
choose a title over results. Matthew chapter number 11, there's this uh, exchange uh, between Jesus' disciples and John's disciples and a message that is sent uh, to Jesus by John because he's imprisoned at the time. Uh, are, are you the one that uh, I was prophesying about? Are, are, are you the one uh, uh, truly that we have been talking about or should we look for someone else? And uh, Jesus is very, very clear to say, hey, listen, it's me. The blind eyes are being open. Deaf ears are, are starting to hear again. And, and, and blessed is he that's not offended by me. Don't compare your ministry to mine. Don't be offended that, 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 that now that I've taken the baton, uh, it, it means that uh, your, your season of ministry might, might be dwindling. Uh, John, this, this is really me. He goes on to talk about his cousin in, 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 cousin in the most uh, doting of ways, saying that, that, that if you really want to know who the greatest prophet is, it's, it's my cousin. It's, it's John. He, he's the one. And what makes him the greatest prophet is that every other prophet could only speak to the fact that I was coming. John, my cousin, was the first prophet and only prophet that got to say, there he is. This is what made him the greatest prophet. Every other prophet just got to say he's coming. My cousin got to say that's him right there. So it makes him the greatest. He saw me with his own eyes. Isaiah only saw me with his eagle. Prophetic eye. He says, I, I, I want you to know that, that, that he's great and and there's been, there's been some confusion about us because, and, there, and some misunderstandings because it seems like some people have tried to put us in, in boxes where they feel better about us. I, I need you to fit my religious box and then I'll know that you are who you say you are. I, I love showing up to board meetings in this community. Uh, 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 we, we have a great relationship with the chamber, uh, uh, Irving Las Colinas Chamber, and I show up to board meetings like this. And everybody else is in business suits and stuff like that. And I sit down and inevitably you get the eyes that scan and try to, you know, because everybody's trying to put you in a box. That's, that's what the media has trained us to do. So we're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> So they're all going around and like, who are you? I'm like, hey, I'm Tim. Because <laughs> I know what they want to know. They're saying, who are you? But they want to know, what do you do? But that's not the question you asked, and I'm a literalist, so I'm giving you exactly what you asked for. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Tim. <laughs> what do you do? I'm a pastor. <laughs> Where? In Irving. <laughs> They're just trying to line you up, and how did you, and then why would you be here, and all this kind of stuff, and then, nah, nah, nah. everybody wants to put you in the box. Jesus wouldn't fit in anyone's box. He still don't fit in the box. So here's what he says in Matthew chapter number 11, verse, verse number 18. He said, for John didn't spend time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. Like he's like super holy. John is sanctified out in the wilderness, not around a lot of people. And, and, and so he's not eating or drinking. You call him, you say he's a demon. He said, the son of man, on the other hand, Feast and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. And this is one of my mantras, this last, this last line. But wisdom is shown to be right 
by its results. Sometimes you are not going to be able to convince people that this is what God's caused you to do and this is the fruit he's called you to produce. They're going to have to wait and see. Trying to save someone from an argument. Trying to prove to somebody that they that you are not supposed to be in the box that you are in. The best way to prove it is just to allow them to see the results. God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of our lives. And I want you to find it and excel in it, grow in it and be secure in it. I know that I'm not the best preacher on the planet, but let me tell you what, I am so happy with the gift God gave me. I'm telling you, like, I'm in love with it. I'm so happy in my own skin. I am so happy around people that that are different than me. I don't compare myself to other people. I just do what I do and I go sit down. And when other people get up, I'm like, you are amazing. Why am I even a preacher? I'm like, oh, because he called me to be one. When I'm in rooms that, that, that I just scratch my head and go, how did a kid from uh, California wind up in a room like this? Oh, God, you must want me here. Yay. I'm not going to self-deprecate and be like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I'm really not worthy. None of us are. Just get over yourself. Stop beating yourself up. He's graced you. If he's given you favor, stop apologizing for it. He just gave you favor. God gave us a building in our 13th month. That is no church planner story ever. It's ours. Ain't nothing I can do about it. It just happened. All I can say is amen. I can't be like, well, you know, what happened was, I don't know. We should still be in high school, but, you know, the Lord. What? Rest, rule, and abide in what God has called you. And you will please him not people. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.